Now, what Jesus did for us, he made us perfect through his once and for all sacrifice. Because when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. You know what that means? Because his sacrifice, he didn't have to make it anymore. He offered a single sacrifice for sins. His work was a perfect work that cleansed us from all of our sins, past, present, and future, then that means we should have no consciousness of sins. Sins shouldn't even be on our radar because our sins have been removed. Somebody said, well, you need to talk about sin more. What about sin? I'm talking about it right now. It's been canceled. Welcome to the Living by Grace podcast with Al Jennings. When you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. Listen in as he discusses the effortless life of God's grace. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to Living by Grace. Yes, it's good to have you today. And today, I'm going to be teaching on Jesus is our mercy seat. Really, really good stuff. Um, last week, I had the privilege of teaching the students of Rama Haiti. It's a French-speaking Bible school, and I'm the only English-speaking, well, they're more English-speaking speakers, but I'm the only non-French-speaking instructor in the school. They like my teaching on blood covenant, so they put up with me needing a translator, but everything went smooth, and today I'm going to teach out of the overflow of that teaching. I taught 12 hours in three days, and I feel like I feel like it was my best teaching that I've ever done. And I've ta- taught I've taught Blood Covenant several times, and it was my third time teaching the the Rama Haiti students. I went there twice, and this time it was on Zoom. But anyway, some great things came out of that teaching. And uh, so I'm going to bring it to you now. One moment. I forgot to pull up my notes here. Um, We're going to begin in 1 John chapter 2. We're going to do a bit of a word study. And in 1 John 2, it says that he, this is referring to Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I want you to... to Take note of this word, propitiation. What does that mean? (laughs) All right, we'll look into that. 1 John 4 and verse 10, let's follow that word. The Greek word translated propitiation, okay? And um, 
It's the same word translated propitiation in 1 John 4.10. And let me look up that Greek word for you in case you want to know. So in 1 John 2.2, 1 John 4.10, it's the same Greek word. It's a big word, but what does it mean? And we're going to look into that. See if I can pronounce it. Elasmos. There it is. <laughs> it's Elasmos. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The word propitiation in the Greek is Helasmos. All right. Same Greek word translated propitiation in 1 John 2 2. He is the Helasmos, propitiation for our sins. Okay, make note of that. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 25, whom God put forward as a propitiation. Okay, we're going to look at this verse and another verse that mentioned propitiation. It's a slightly different Greek word, but it's in the same family of words, okay? So they all mean the same thing. Whom God put forth, this is Jesus, as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Hebrews 9, 5 says, above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Okay, now here's the same Greek word translated propitiation in Romans 3.25 whom God put forward to be whom God put forward as a propitiation. That Greek word translated propitiation is the same Greek word as mercy seat in Hebrews 9.5. So propitiation means mercy seat. To summarize all of the verses that we read with propitiation or mercy seat, they all, the Greek word translated propitiation or mercy seat in these verses all come from the same word family, okay? So, bottom line, here's what I want you to see. The, the word propitiation means mercy seat. So, Jesus, when it says Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, it means that Jesus is our mercy seat. Jesus is our mercy seat. Okay, now let's dive into Hebrews chapter 10. Actually, before we do that, let me, let me share something with you about the sacrifices in the Old Testament. The Bible tells us that the things in the Old Testament were written for our admonition and for our learning. 
And the scriptures, according to, I believe it is John chapter 5, verse 39, the scriptures point to Jesus. Let me make sure that I've got that reference right. I like to give you the right, correct scripture reference. When Jesus was talking to the religious leaders of his day, he said, you search the scriptures in them you think you have eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Yes, John 5, 39, okay? So the scriptures point to Jesus. And so Jesus being our mercy seat, let's find out what the mercy seat is. Because the the things in the tabernacle, the, the sacrifices, all of that, was to point us to Jesus, to give us a picture of Jesus, to help us understand his once and for all sacrifice. He is referred to the lamb that is slain before the foundation of the world. All right? And that was manifested on the cross. So the lamb slain, listen to this. This is very important. The lamb slain, before the foundation of the world, Jesus gives meaning to the Old Testament sacrifices. And we're going to, I'm going to give you an overview of the Old Testament sacrifices. I'm going to talk about two goats, the sacrificial goat and the substitute goat. First, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about the sacrificial goat. So if you're taking notes, write down sacrificial goat and substitute goat. On the Day of Atonement, which is Yom Kippur, that was a once-a-year deal, okay? It took place once a year, Yom Kippur. So on the Day of, of Atonement, first of all, there was a sacrificial goat, and this goat was examined by the high priest. Now, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, and he did so once a year to offer sacrifices for himself and also for all the people. The goat, both the sacrificial goat and the substitute goat, both of those goats or lambs had to be without spot or without blemish. I wonder why. Because it's a picture, an Old Testament picture of Jesus. All right? And when we're under grace, it doesn't mean that just because we're not under the law, that we don't read the law. We read it to get a picture of Jesus because all the scriptures point to Jesus. Okay? Now, this, this lamb, let's go back to the sacrificial goat. This goat would, would represent all the people of Israel. And it's important to understand that 
the priest, he didn't look at the people to see if they were without spot or blemish. He didn't look at the people and say, let me make sure you really repented. Let me make sure you're really sorry for your sins. No, he didn't examine the people. He examined the lamb. And what happened was, see, this lamb was a substitute. I use the word lamb and goat interchangeably. The lamb and the goat was a substitute, all right? Now, don't get this confused with the substitute goat that we're going to talk about. But they're, they're both substitutes for the people, okay? So, and that's a picture of Jesus. Jesus on the cross was a substitute for us. It was an exchange. Jesus on the cross became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. All right? Our sin transferred to Jesus on the cross. His righteousness was transferred to us. And today you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are accepted. You are approved. You are not guilty. You are well-pleasing to God because of Jesus. Now, this Old Testament sacrificial goat is a picture of that. Oh, man, this is good stuff. I, I hope you're excited, as excited about this as I am. As I said, I'm teaching out of the overflow of what I shared in, uh, to the people of Haiti, the students of Haiti, and uh, I'm adding some stuff. I'm getting more and more out of it every time I teach. Praise God. This is one of my favorite subjects to, to talk about. Okay, let's get back to it. So this lamb is a substitute for the people of Israel and also the high priest because they were all with sin. And these sacrifices we're going to see in Hebrews are made every single year, once a year, on the Day of Atonement. The sacrifice was for the, the sins of the people. It had to be done every year because it was impossible for these Old Testament sacrifices of animals to take sins away once and for all. I'm going to show you this in the Word, because if they could get rid of sins, then they would cease to be offered. <laughs> so it had to be done every year. Again, the priest didn't examine the people. The priest didn't examine the people to make sure that they really repented, that they were really sorry for their sin. It wasn't about them. It was about the substitute. The priest made sure that the lamb was without spot or without blemish. The lamb had to be perfect. The people didn't have to be perfect. They couldn't be. The lamb had to be perfect. And in this substitutionary sacrifice, the pureness and the holiness of the lamb was transferred to the people. The, the sins of the people were transferred to the lamb 
symbolically. Okay? So, as that took place, the people were without blemish. Why? Because the goat was without blemish. And the holiness, the pureness of the goat, the righteousness of the goat was transferred to the people. Now, also, excuse me, I lost my audio there for a second. Okay, now, what would happen was the priest would lay hands on the sacrificial goat and he would confess the sins of himself and all the people over that goat. And then he would take a knife and he would kill the goat. And then the blood would drop into a basin. Okay? And then the priest would take the basin into the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, now we're getting to the mercy seat. In the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant had a lid on it called the mercy seat. I don't know why it's called a seat, because it's really not a seat. It's more of a lid. But we'll call it the mercy seat because that's what the Bible calls it. <laughs> okay? Now, the mercy seat sat on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, or he's the what? Mercy seat. So this lid was one solid piece of gold. Angels, two angels were attached to it, also made of solid gold. So the angels and the mercy seat was all the angels were a part of the mercy seat, all one piece. There were two angels on opposite sides, and their wings, their wings would touch each other. All right? Or their wings touched. And then their eyes looked down. Their eyes represented God's eyes. Now, inside of the Ark of the Covenant was three items. And all three items represented man's sin. One, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments represented man's rebellion against God's law. Against his, uh, his laws. Now, also inside was number two, Aaron's rod that budded. That represented man's rebellion against God's authority. Number three was the golden pot of manna, which represented man's rebellion against God's provision. So inside, listen carefully, inside of the Ark of the Covenant were the Ten Commandments, 
Aaron's rod that budded, and the golden pot of manna, all representing man's sin or man's rebellion. Okay, now the high priest, when he entered the Holy of Holies, he would take that basin, remember the basin with blood, the blood of the animal? He would reach into that basin and he would sprinkle blood on top of the mercy seat. Jesus is our mercy seat. Praise God. Now, on the Day of Atonement, the priest, after he was all done with the sprinkling of blood on top of the mercy seat, he wouldn't clean up behind himself and clean the blood off of the mercy seat. He would leave that blood there. So year after year, when the priest would go in, the mercy seat is encrusted with all, with, with, with the blood of all the sacrifices that have been made year after year in previous generations. And all of that blood is, is a reminder, a promise, or an IOU, if you will, of Jesus Christ, the Lamb that would eventually come and take away all the sins of the world. Praise God. All of these sacrifices point to the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world who would come to, to take away all of our sins the sins of the whole world on the cross. All right. Now, remember the angels. The angels' eyes, representing God's eyes, okay, they're above the mercy seat looking down, their eyes representing God's eyes. They, they didn't peek inside to see the sins of the people, those three items that represented the sins of the people. They didn't peek inside. Their eyes looking down didn't look inside of the, of the Ark of the Covenant. It looked down and saw the blood. Praise God. See, this is all a picture of Jesus. They saw the blood. All right? Their eyes representing, again, God's eyes. What's the point of this? When you sin today, Jesus is our mercy seat. When you sin, God doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood. He sees the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross 2,000 years ago for you. Praise God. He sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He doesn't look at your blemishes. He doesn't look at your faults. He looks at the lamb who is without fault and without blemish. See, those animals were a type of Jesus. All of this is there to show us Jesus. Praise God. Now, let's look at this substitute goat. Now, 
The priest also would lay hands on the substitute goat and confess the sins of the people over that goat. Then the substitute goat was taken into the wilderness and sent away. That goat ran off, sent away into the wilderness, never to return. What was the purpose of the substitute goat? It was a visual representation of what happened inside of the, of the Holy of Holies with the sacrificial goat. It was a visual representation that their sins were gone forever, never to return. That's what happened to your and my sins on the cross. They've been removed and taken away forever through the body of Jesus. Praise God. As far as the east is from the west, your sins have been removed. The east and the west never touch. Praise God. Your past, present, and future sins have been forgiven and are gone forever. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. I tell you what, I'm, I'm still full from teaching in Haiti, and I'm just spilling it over on you. <laughs> and I'm getting blessed every time I share this. Let's jump into Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For since the law has but a shadow. See, all that was a shadow of Jesus, all that that I just described. The law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. It can never. All that stuff I described. the sacrificial lamb, the substitute goat. See, that could never, by, this, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, what's he talking about? The day of atonement. They can never make perfect those who draw near. I love this. Otherwise, verse 2, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers having once been cleansed would no longer have any consciousness of sins. This is telling us that if, if those sacrifices could make perfect the offerers or those who brought the sacrifices, if it could make them perfect or cleanse them, they would cease to be offered because if they were once cleansed, then they would have no, they would no longer have any consciousness of sins. All right? If it could make them perfect, they wouldn't have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year because it couldn't make them perfect. It was only it was only temporary. All right, it it couldn't it couldn't make them perfect. It would it would cover their sins, but it couldn't remove their sins. If it could remove their sins, they wouldn't have any any more conscious consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins every year. Verse 4 says, for it is impossible 
for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Hebrews 10 verse 11 says, And every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly, there was also daily sacrifices, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. So if we go back, I've got one more, one more, more verse to show you, but let's go back to, well, let me read this last scripture, then we'll go back. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he didn't have to do it every year because it wasn't the blood of animals, it was the blood of God. Jesus, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God manifested in the flesh. Jesus offered for all time a single sacrifice, all time, a single sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God. See, in the Old Testament sacrifices, there were all kinds of different furniture pieces and utensils. Okay, there was a, a table of showbread, all right, candlestick, stuff like that. But do you know what was not among the pieces of furniture in the tabernacle? There was not a chair. There was no chair. Why? Because the high priest's job was never done. He had to go in there every year, okay? And he couldn't sit down because his work was never done, so there was no chair in there. But Jesus, after he offered for all time, for past, present, and future sins, a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down. He sat down because he finished the work on the cross. Jesus said, it is finished. He finished the work, so he sat down. All right? He offered a single sacrifice for sins, and he doesn't have to go in anymore. In fact, Hebrews 9 tells us when he comes back the second time, it's not to deal with sins. When Jesus returns, it's not to deal with sins because he already dealt with them in his once and for all sacrifice on the cross. All right? So let's go back to Hebrews 10.1. These sacrifices that were offered every year, it couldn't make them perfect. All right? It could never by those same sacrifices that are offered every year make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, in other words, if they could make them perfect, would they not have ceased to be offered? Okay? Since the worshipers having been cleansed would, would no longer have any conscience of sins. In other words, if those sacrifices could make them perfect, 
if it could make those worshipers in the old covenant perfect, if those animal sacrifices could make them perfect, and then them being once cleansed, they wouldn't have any consciousness of sin. That would be the effect if it made, if it made them perfect. Now, what Jesus did for us, he made us perfect through his once and for all sacrifice. Because when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. You know what that means? Because his sacrifice, he didn't have to make it anymore. He offered a single sacrifice for sins. His work was a perfect work that cleansed us from all of our from all of our sins, past, present, and future, then that means we should have no consciousness of sins. Sins shouldn't even be on our radar because our sins have been removed. Somebody said, well, you need to talk about sin more. What about sin? I'm talking about it right now. It's been canceled. <laughs> Your sins have been canceled. I don't have this in my notes, but let me bring it to you real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to close with this. I'm having fun here. I don't know how long I've been going, but <laughs> I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 5.18 from uh, the Amplified Bible. This is talking about the ministry of reconciliation. But all things, beginning in verse 18, but all things are from God. Who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor brought us into harmony with himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ. This is what happened on the cross. Reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. Praise God, child of God, your sins and my sins have been canceled on the cross. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Praise God. Well, everybody, I hope y'all enjoyed that. Jesus is our mercy seat. Yes. He offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, for our past, present, and future sin. He is our mercy seat. So because he's your mercy seat, when you sin, God doesn't look at your sin. 
he looks at the blood. He looks at the sacrifice. He looks at Jesus, our substitute, our mercy seat, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He doesn't see your sin. Those angels' eyes looking down on top of the mercy seat, they didn't peek inside and look inside the ark to see the sins of the people. They saw the blood on top of the mercy seat. So when you sin and I sin and we all sin, God sees the blood. You are forgiven. You are cleansed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for today. Thanks for joining Pastor Al out. Thank you for joining us today for the Living by Grace podcast. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved, totally righteous, and destined to win because of Jesus. Have an amazing day.